Hello and welcome back to the What Would She Know podcast. I'm back in the studio this week, guys. If you listened to last week's episode, you probably would have heard I was a bit down in the dumps and I obviously wasn't in the studio, but I'm back this week and I'm happy at literally like just the, the shift in my mood coming here knowing that I had this to look forward to. It literally fills my whole cup up. But today, as you can see by the title, is I'm doing 36 things I think I've learned in my 20s so far, part two. If you haven't listened to part one already, I think it was one of my first few episodes that I ever did. It was one of my most popular episodes. Um, Definitely go and listen to that. It doesn't matter if you haven't listened to it before, but definitely go and listen to the first one after this if you haven't already or if you just want to refresh it. Like I was literally going through it um, the other day and just like some of the things that I literally had learned I had forgotten about and it was kind of a nice refresher and also motivating at the same time to hear so definitely go back and listen to the first one um you guys also I put up a question box and I just asked you what are some of the lessons you've learned and I'm gonna have to do a completely new episode and share what you the lessons that you guys have learned because some of the things that you wrote back I was like holy fucking shit, I need to share some of these lessons because they're just too good to keep to myself. So I'm going to do a, a, a new episode for that as well, um, just based on the listeners' lessons that they have learned. But if you haven't already, obviously, please give me a rating and review wherever you listen to this podcast. Hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Obviously, only if you like listening to the podcast. I love you guys. But let's get straight into today's episode. Number one, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. This is something that a lesson that I've constantly learned throughout my life is that there are so many things that we can't control in life, but we can control how we react and how we respond to things. And when I had the mindset shift and when I remind myself of this exact concept and the fact that life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you you'll be able to look at life in a better sense. And because even going back to life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. If you're someone who gets like complete road rage, I want you to become aware of the next time that you do that, where you get road rage, the swearing, the carrying on, the, the honking, the tooting. I just want you to notice how you feel after you've you've reacted to that road rage. Or maybe you can pull yourself up on maybe someone's cut you off. Maybe someone's in front of you who has like completely missed the light because they're not paying attention. We've all done that, right? There's no need to get angry. Just change. Remind yourself that life is literally 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. And I promise you, you're going to feel a lot better. Number two. Everyone in your life is a mirror of you. And I heard a psychologist say on a podcast the other day that you marry the person who is emotionally at the same level as you are. And there was something about him saying that, that I just like remember coming back to this quote, everyone in your life is a mirror of you. And I saw a saying the other day and it was spiritual growth is realizing that the only toxic relationship you ever had is the one with yourself and everyone around you mirrors that relationship that you have with yourself. And I think, again, like I say all the time, nothing's black or white, context is everything. Because I would never want to say, you know, someone who maybe has been sexually assaulted or something like that's a result of 
themselves or the fact that they're being mirrored. No, absolutely fucking not. I'm just saying that the people around us can sometimes mirror the work that you need to do and the boundaries that you need to set and the things that maybe you're allowing in your life that aren't necessarily good for you or aren't working for you. Those are who we are drawn to reflect the inner self back at us and they act as a mirror. And we're always reflecting our consciousness back onto us, whether we're aware of that or not. Number three, calories are not just calories. I think if you've listened to last week's episode with Laura, you would have known that we briefly dove into this um, and something that I, because I think on my fitness and my health and my, you know, fluctuation of weight loss journey, a lot of the plans and the people that I've worked with, not Laura though, if you would already know that if you've listened to my episode with her, push for you eating foods that are low calorie. And if it fits in your calorie deficit, then fucking go off, eat it. And I think, again, context is everything. We don't want to restrict ourselves. We should always try and follow an 80-20 rule because you also want to enjoy your life and eat the foods that you want, but also be really conscious of what we're putting into our body. Anyway, just the whole calories are more just calories aren't just calories because I use this example with Laura, but let's just say you have a cashew and date bar, right? It could be like 250 calories, 300 calories, just to plain, simple ingredients. They're good for you. There's no nasties. They're low inflammatory. They're going to respond to your body better, your health better, your mood better, your skin better, and your gut better, right? But the calorie deficit industry, I just seem they'll find like that they push like opt for this 100 calorie bar, under 100 calorie bar, you know, this this chocolate brownie, one hundred only it's only 100 calorie bar. And then you look at the ingredients on the back of it, it's got like 50 different ingredients. And you guys know how aware I am of the ingredients in food again following a an 80 20 diet is important but we as a society have normalized foods and ingredients that are so fucking bad for us and our health that I just I don't get it okay and going back to opting for something like a cashew on a date bar is gonna react better to your body rather than eating something like a brownie bar that's under 100 calories that's filled with vegetable oils which is highly inflammatory um you know you know how they say those those no sugar bars and but really it's just replaced with like a different um ingredient that's now been linked to cancer like i know i don't even want to get into this topic because it's almost exhausting but i just think the lesson that i've learned in this whole journey and with the education that i'm doing so far is calories are not just calories they're information to our body and that information is going to dictate how we feel and our health in the long run four there's a difference between between being self-aware and actually doing the work because I think you can read all the self-development books, you can see the psychologist, you can do the meditation, you can watch all the motivational movies, you can scroll through all the inspirational and self-development podcasts. But if you're not applying the things that you've learned into your life and pushing through the discomfort of growth and uncertainty, you're not going to get better. You can recognize the patterns that you have 
in your life and the triggers. But if you're not doing anything about it, if you're not effectively working towards breaking those habits, breaking those patterns and cycles into your life, you're never going to get better. You're just going to stay the same. Number five, having a low sex drive can just mean you have a responsive sex drive. This means that you just aren't activated in that moment and you aren't what's known as someone with a spontaneous sex drive. You have to feel safe. You need cues. You need a lead up in order to have a responsive sex drive. doesn't mean that you have a low sex drive. And I think this is me and something that I've learned with myself along the years is I think that I always felt really ashamed and, you know, I felt like there was something wrong with me because I didn't have this high libido again my hormones are affected by my my libido and I'm working on that with Laura. But then again, I know that I'm also a, that I, that I have a responsive sex drive. So I need lead up. I need build up. I need connection. I need to feel safe. I need cues in order for me to want to go there. Do you know what I mean? But where other people, they could be spontaneous and they don't need that. They can just go then and there and have sex and have the best sex of their life. And that's fine if that's you, but that's not me. And I think that not a lot of people know that you don't have to have a spontaneous sex drive in order to be normal. You can have a responsive sex drive and also be normal. It is okay to be different and be activated in different ways because we're all different. And yeah, this is, uh, I didn't get in trouble, but I definitely got feedback on my last podcast episode because I think that this podcast has been really good for me because it makes me aware of the language that I use and language is really important because sometimes it can come off as something that I'm not intentionally meaning and people take it a wrong way. So I think learning to be careful with my words and how I use language is really important. And I also think that this is irrelevant but kind of on topic that it's been good to give myself feedback based on the way that I speak and how I speak to others and how I use words like like every 10 seconds that I've brought awareness to and knowing that I need to work on articulating my words better and using different vocabulary and all the things has made me a better person because of this podcast and it's brought attention to myself because they're the things that I need to work on, right? My choice of language sometimes is really important. I have to be careful because I know that there are people who listen to this podcast who may be offended or may take things the wrong way, which I do not mean. So going back to my part one podcast episode on like part one of 36 things I think I've learned in my 20, I know I definitely worded this not the best that I could. I don't know. I pretty much said one of the lessons I've learned is leave your hometown unless you like hanging out with the same people, not growing, going to the same cafe every weekend and just ultimately being stagnant in yourself. And very poor choice of wording because obviously people took offense to that because of course there's people who like doing that and that's okay. Just because the lesson that I've learned is it is important for me to leave, leave my hometown and I need growth and I want different opportunities and experiences for myself. That's okay, but you also can be someone who likes to stay in one place for the rest of your life, hanging out with the same people and going to the same cafe. That is 
okay. So I just had to say that before I go into this next one, because obviously this is my opinion and everyone's different. And just because I say one thing or give advice on one thing doesn't mean it's the right thing, right? There's no rule book on life. So I just want you guys to know that if I'm saying that, you know, I wouldn't recommend doing this thing before, before a certain age, ultimately, I have no idea what I'm talking about at the end of the day and this is just my life experience and I'm sharing my story. So going back to number six, the one thing people regret based on who I've spoken to. So I've done a lot of speaking with adults over my time who have stayed in my hometown that I grew up in and people who haven't stayed in my hometown that I've grown up in. And the one thing that I commonly hear people say is, you know, there were people, there was kind of like either one way that people went or a completely different way. They either left Warrigal, which was my hometown, moved to a different city, city, moved away from Warrigal, traveled, then settled down. Or there were people who stayed in Warrigal, had kids, got married and have never left Warrigal. And have never traveled and neither option is right or wrong. Okay. I just want to say that absolutely. There's no judgment in whatever feels more aligned with you. And there, of course, there are other different paths that you may go. It doesn't have to be you want to travel and leave your hometown or you want to stay in your hometown and get married and do the whole house thing. Like there, there are so many other different paths and that those two, but I think they're the most popular, right? Or the most common past that you hear people talk about in their 20s. And the one thing that adults always say to me when I talk to them is about this topic, because I just like hearing other people's experiences, is that they don't regret. So the people who stayed and had kids and did the house and stayed in their hometown or whatever, they said they don't regret having kids and they don't regret, you know, marrying the person that they're with or whatever, but they regret not living their life in their 20s. They said they don't regret having their kids and they don't regret staying in Warrigal or their hometown, but if they had to do it differently, they would have because there's so many adults that I've spoken to who did the whole housing, get married, have kids, stayed in Warrigal and now have not done anything and like I've spoken to people in their 50s or 60s and they said we always told ourselves that we'll travel after children and here we are still in our hometown and we've never done anything we've never left and of course I know there's people that are will have kids and get married and travel after or travel with their kids and that's fucking amazing but when I spoke to people who left their hometown and did the whole travel thing and didn't settle down they said that they don't regret doing it they I've never spoken to someone who's gone down that path and they've turned around and said I wish I stayed in my hometown I wish I settled down I wish I had kids before I traveled like I've not once heard anyone say that but I always hear people say I wish I didn't settle I wish I didn't have kids so young I wish I didn't stay in my hometown I wish that I traveled In my 20s, I wish that I didn't stay in the relationship that was stagnant and I wasn't happy in. I wish that I, you know, I don't regret it, but I wish I didn't have kids so young. So that's 
a lesson that I've learned just based on talking to people. No experience is right or wrong. It's just like a very common theme where people go and say to me, Lily, don't stay in your hometown. Go and travel. Go and live your life. Go and experience the world and then come back to it. And that's what I want to do right now for me. But you never know. I could wake up tomorrow and go, I want fucking kids right now. I want to get married right now. I want to... I want to go and find a like a little small town on a farm and live there for the rest of my life because I still do think about that. Like there's also a part of me that just wants to have that life. I want to live on a farm with kids and just have a veggie garden and live off grid. But again, there's no, there's literally no right or wrong, but just based on who I've spoken to and people's life regrets, they've said if they ha- they would have not settled and not stayed and they would have done things differently. So take however you wish with that information. But again, there's no right or wrong answer. Okay, number seven. People are so conditioned to trusting authority and the medical system. So I just want to preface I'm not a doctor, right? Okay, so take, don't take this advice literally, I have to say that. But I put up a video on TikTok just pretty much saying that Dr. Math is telling girls with irregular periods that going on the pill will bring back their periods and all will be well when in reality you don't actually get a period when you're on the pill it's a withdrawal bleed and it comes with all of these other side effects like nutrient deficiencies you're more likely to develop cancer autoimmune anxiety and depression it changes who you're attracted to in a partner but we never get told that and you can actually track your cycle and by taking your temperature every day and it'll tell you when you're ovulating. And and I just pretty much said like, like I understand girls with PCOS and endometriosis feel like they have no other option because they don't know any other option because I was also in this situation as well. I trusted the medical system thinking that they had my best interest. But again, of course they do. They just don't get taught a root cause approach they get anyway I'm not getting into that but I'm just the the comments on the TikTok even though I had literally said the pill doesn't fix the core issue it puts a band-aid on your symptoms it doesn't actually regulate your period or your hormones and the comments <laughs> were just girls being like actually it did bring my period back actually it did cure my acne actually it did do this it did do that and I'm like you're not listening to what I'm saying yes you're being told that it's fixing something, but it's not. The period that you're getting isn't actually a period. The pain that's being minimized when you take that pill, what's going to happen when you come off it? Wouldn't you rather get to the root of the issue rather than putting a bandaid on your health? And it's like me turning around, like doctors don't know the research with the pill. Like you can, you girls, anyone can literally go and research all the things that I'm saying about the pill. It's all true. It's not like I'm just making up some bullshit story. And It's like me turning around and being like, because obviously in university, the four years that I've studied psychology, they told us that depression was caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain and that one of the best things you can do is medication. That's not true. We know from the research now that that's just not true. Depression is not caused by a chemical imbalance in the brain. Yes, you may have a chemical imbalance as a result of having depression, but depression isn't caused by the low serotonin in your brain. But we don't get taught that in uni. 
do you, can you just see what I'm saying? Just because an authority figure or the medical system says something, it doesn't mean that it's fucking right. Do your own research. Trust your gut. Always come back to the root cause approach. Okay, number eight. It might not be that you don't enjoy reading, but maybe you're just reading the wrong book. So for a while I was in a book rut and it was because I just was reading self-development books. And then I finally got around to reading a Colleen Hoover book. It ends with us and my love for reading was back. So maybe it's not because you don't like reading. Maybe it's because you're reading the wrong book or the wrong genre. Number nine, double check the ticket website before buying tickets. Um, yeah, I tend to not read things properly and then I get in trouble, might book the wrong date or book tickets from the wrong website and it be a scam website. I think just the moral of the story here is make sure you read things properly. <laughs> 10, while I'll always advocate for travel, you don't always need to travel to experience different things. Find a new experience in taking yourself to a new cafe. Find a new experience in driving like a half an hour away to a new location or a new park or a new walking spot. Find a new experience in breaking out of your comfort zone. You don't have to always rely on moving or traveling to create a new experience. Now, I know... I wish I shared with you before some of people's life biggest life regrets was settling and staying in the same place but I still think that new experiences is 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 important but you don't have to move or travel to be able to do that okay number 11 Your brain is always on the lookout for what you have told it or a belief you have formed. So if you have a story in your mind that you're unlovable, you will focus on things that reinforce that example. Reinforce that. For example, I have a belief that I'm unlovable. The guy I was supposed to be seeing tonight just cancelled. This means that I'm unlovable because he cancelled, which means I'm unlovable. Another example, I want the newest Range Rover. So you start noticing all the Range Rovers on your streets when you drive. You have a belief that all men in the world is toxic. You will believe all men are toxic and look out for things to confirm that belief. My life is so hard. You'll look for everything to confirm that. Whatever it is, your brain will try and confirm that belief. This is called confirmation bias. But this doesn't mean that it has to be rooted in negativity. Be intentional about your reality because your brain is just trying to do its job by focusing on those things because there's too much for our brain to focus on in the world these days. So it'll just try and focus on the thing that we're focusing on the most. So if that's negativity, if that's all men are toxic, if that's I'm unlovable, your brain is going to try and search for things in your your environment and the things around you to confirm that belief, even if it's not true. Number 12, you could be the juiciest, yummiest peach in the room, but not everyone likes peaches. Not everyone is going to like you. Number 13, people don't tell you who they are. They show you who they are. Never trust someone based on their words. Trust them based on their actions and their behaviors. Number 14, this is something that I'm 
a lesson that I'm really learning at the moment and just trying to ride the wa- try to ride the wave with is that if someone's supposed to be in your life, they will be. Let go and if you're supposed to be, the universe will bring you back. And I think I have a friend who this happened to. She, like I'm literally so happy for her. She was, you know, struggling and just navigating the dating scene and she went on a date with this boy and I don't even think she had anything bad to say about it. It just like didn't work and they didn't they didn't message each other after the date and they didn't see each other after the date. A year later, I can't remember how, but their worlds came colliding back together and they are now in a relationship and she is in probably the healthiest relationship that I've seen her in and I know that she's so happy and I'm literally so happy for her and that was just a typical thing of if they're supposed to be in your life they will be you know it took they went on one date and it just wasn't maybe it was the right person wrong time back then and then they found each other again and now they're in love and it's just so nice to witness and see number 15 the magic you're looking for is in the work that you're avoiding 16 I think this is big for me something that obviously we touched on in a little bit in when I was studying it but just like not to the extent but after doing like a lot of my own research and listening to a lot of you know, relationship podcasts and witnessing, you know, relationships on social media, so relationships around me. I think that I have learned that intensity is not intimacy. Chemistry doesn't mean that you're compatible and their attention towards you doesn't mean that they have good intentions for you or their intention isn't a good intention. I think a lot of us in you know, cycles and patterns in our life get all of that confused and they mistake chemistry for compatibility. They they just mistake the passion and the intensity for intimacy. It's just, and I think it's hard when you're in it and it's hard to be aware of it because you think that it's love. And most likely those cycles that I've just witnessed right there is a trauma bond Okay, number 17, using filtered water isn't woo-woo. There's something that I probably looked back about a year and a half ago now and would never have thought of drinking filtered water because I just thought it was some complete bullshit woo-woo thing. I now know through science and research that it is in fact not woo-woo and that we should all be filtering our water. I, like my skin has improved so much the past eight weeks And it's because I've been doing a lot of things and I've been consistent with a lot of things. But I think one of the main, even my hair, like I've got a shower filter and my hair feels so much healthier, so much thicker, and it doesn't get greasy as often. And I think not to scare anyone, and this isn't woo-woo, but there are pharmaceuticals like birth control, antidepressants, and toxic chemicals in our water that don't get filtered out. That's why we need to be filtering our water. So I have a I have a filtered jug. If you guys are interested in it, I can link it on my stories. Um, I have no relation to the relationship to them whatsoever. And the shower filter that I use is called Filtered Beauty. If you guys want to hear more, 
and hear a neuroscientist talk about it, go and listen to Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast episode that he did about water. And I promise you, after listening to that, you won't think that this is woo-woo or bullshit or some sort of conspiracy theory because it's not. (laughs) Number 18, it's the little things that can really level up your appearance, like your hair or brow lamination. One thing that I really slack off with is my appearance and I'm not saying that anyone needs to you know do makeup or do their hair or whatever if you don't want to but I know that I always feel better when I put effort into my appearance and because I'm someone who will literally just wear leggings and a singlet or a jumper every day because there's something like we could get into the sensory issues that I have if I'm wearing jeans or something tight and I'm not wearing leggings but I also mean just like appearance if I put on a little bit of makeup or if I do my hair properly. Doing my hair is also one thing that I really struggle with. Like I just can't get it. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know how to style my hair properly. But one thing that I've been loving lately that just makes me feel so much better and just ups that appearance a little bit more is getting a brow lamination. If you guys haven't had a brow lamination, go get it. Go and get a brow fucking lamination. Um, shout out to Maria, one of my gorgeous girlfriends who she works at a place in Malvern. It's called eye candy. They obviously do brow laminations, eyelash extensions, eyelash tint and lift, even an eyelash tint and lift. Incredible. But I'm also like trying to make a conscious effort to save money where I can. So if you guys need somewhere to go for a brow lamination or anything that I've just listed, go to eye candy. There's one in, this is obviously in Melbourne, in Victoria, by the way, in Australia, but there's one in Malvern and there's one in Brunswick to my understanding and go book in with Mariah or book in with Jazz. They're incredible. Shout out to you girls or honestly anyone that works there, to be honest. Like I just feel so much better when I've got a brow lamb. Like it just does things to you. It just makes you feel, it just makes you feel so much better about yourself. Okay. 19. Judge yourself by your actions and not your thoughts. So today's a classic example. I woke up. um, We're supposed to go to Pilates this morning. I didn't. I then, because I had the thoughts of like CBF, I just want to sleep because I haven't been sleeping lately. So again, I did prioritize getting more sleep this morning. But it was one of those moments where I only had like a short amount of time from working with my first client to coming into the podcast like I only had like about an hour and a half gap and I had stuff to do at home before I came here and like I didn't go to Pilates this morning before work but when I got home I just said to myself like I obviously had the thoughts of you're like lazy piece of shit but also can't be fucked doing anything let's just scroll on our phone and I obviously got my things done and I took myself for a 20 minute walk that's all I needed it was only like 1.7k but who gives a fuck? I still moved my body. I felt better and I didn't judge myself by my thoughts. I judged myself by the actions. And yes, I didn't go to Pilates this morning, but I did, still did something about it and I still intentionally moved my body. Okay. 20. You know the thing that keeps coming up? The lessons, the behavior from another person, how someone's treating you, how you're treating yourself, and you're not taking actionable steps to change or learn it, these lessons are just going to keep cycling until you learn it. Just going to keep coming up. The patterns, the behaviors, the way that you speak to yourself, the choices that you make, the people that you attract in your life, that's the universe who is doing its thing. 
It's just going to keep happening and keep coming up until you actually do the work and put in the work to break free from those patterns and those cycles and those thought patterns. It's a lesson that you must learn. And it's just going to keep happening if you don't do anything about it. I just realized that I, the next one, 22, a can of Coke, no sugar is literally the goat. It's not in a plastic bottle. It's not in a glass bottle. It's not when you go to the pub. It is a can of Coke, no sugar. I was tossing up between, (laughs) I love Coke, no sugar. I used to be someone who would drink it most days. Now I don't because again, 80-20, the shit in it is so bad for our gut health. Anyway, irrelevant. But when I will have a coconut sugar, it'll either be from McDonald's with the ice or it'll be from the can. The can is the goat of the coconut sugars or Cokes in general. And I feel like it's just like that crispy taste and it just is so much better. Okay. 23. If you've got friends that constantly attract drama in, but then complain about the drama, nine times out of the 10, they're the drama. They're the problem. 24. Mouth taping at night will literally change your life. If you haven't done it already, start doing it. I promise you. I took my friend to a breathwork class the other night. Like she came with me and almost made me cry. Like it was her first time. Like, she looked at me and she was like, oh my God, that was amazing. And she's like, I just have like the tingles in my feet and I feel so good. And it just makes me so happy when someone experiences what I've obviously experienced and why I love breath work. And just to see your friend in that state and so calm and they just feel so good and literally because of the power of your breath. So this is another lesson I'll chuck in. Go and do a breath work class or start breath work. Just start mouth taping in general. And also if you're listening to this and you're like, what the fuck is mouth taping? I have like highlights on my Instagram about breath work that I do talk about nasal breathing and mouth taping. And I also have done an episode with Dean Gladstone that was called The Power of Your Breath. And we talk about why it's important to tape your mouth at night. Okay. This, 26, this is so anti-feminist and I hate it. I hate the fact, but I hate the fact that it's true and I'm not anti-feminist. I just, this is something that you need to strip your ego back for this one. Women are trying to keep up in a world that's designed for men and it's backfiring. We are wired differently and we are biologically different. And I just think this is just a theory of mine, even though it's kind of like backed that when we're stressed and we, we don't rest that of course we're going to get sicker and we're going to have more health issues. Women are trying to keep up with a world that's designed by men because they have men have a 28 hour hormonal clock. Women have like a 36 like day hormonal clock and women are trying to keep up and obviously girl power, women can do whatever fuck they want, but we're so out of tune with our cycle and we don't rest when we need it. And we, it's, it's just like the simplest things of like, we're trying to exercise based on what is recommended in the fitness industry that not all the time, but the research has been done on a man fasting. For example, a lot of the research has done on a man. We're not supposed to fast before our period or on our period. Just things like that. 
that when we're not in tune with our body, our biological body, of course, we're going to have symptoms come up. Of course, we're going to have more autoimmune issues. Of course, we're going to have skin issues. Of course, we're going to have period issues. I just think that it's backfiring on us because we're so disconnected from ourselves. And I'm not saying women can't fucking do that. I just think that we need to be educated more that we are different and we are, you know, if you want optimal health, there are things that you should learn that are going to make you, you know, I'm not saying don't fucking work or don't fast or don't exercise. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there are different ways to go about it compared to what a male should. And if you are interested on just listening to like cycle syncing and female empowerment and learning how to be in tune with your body and the research that's coming out, coming out about this, I had a hormonal specialist come on. Her name was Virginia. I think the title of it's called like cycle syncing through real female empowerment. A great episode. If you guys haven't listened to that, please go and listen to that. Okay. 27. Spotify now has audiobooks. If you guys didn't know that already. 28. One of the best boundaries that you can establish when someone turns to you for advice or you want to turn to someone else for advice with something that you're struggling with or something that you're going through or something you just want someone to hear you out or give you advice on is establish the boundary first of let's just say someone's come to you and they're going through something at work or whatever and maybe this has been like this has been going on for a very long time you don't understand it you're sick of hearing it whatever whatever it is you need to establish the boundary with the person who's coming to you and say do you want me to listen or do you want my advice Because sometimes our friends just want us to genuinely listen to us and be there for us. Other times we do want the advice, but I think that that boundary is just important. So there's no, like no one gets upset or hurt with the communication after that, after they've come forward to you. Okay. This is from Chris Williamson, 29. Resist the desire to have an opinion on everything. Your expertise is narrower than you think and the world needs more signal, not more noise. 30. If your friend has recently broken up with their partner, please don't shit on their ex. Please don't shit on their relationship. Don't shit on their past in general. Just it doesn't help. It doesn't make them feel good. Just... Try and be there for them. Have some empathy. Don't talk shit about their ex or, or whatever the situation is. Give it time. Give it months. Let, let them move on. It's too raw for, for you to be doing that, okay? 31, focus on the progress, not the destination. I think this has been huge for me because we can just use my podcast as an example. Like when I started it, the intention was literally just to help people, especially from my hometown with the knowledge that I had gained from my own studies and my own learning because there was such a huge gap in people posting on their stories of like it's okay not to be okay and mental health is important to okay well what can we actually do about it what are the things that we need to be aware of what are the things we actually need to change in order to have better mental health how can we actually be okay and I obviously you know have have my audience has progressed and I've been consistent with my TikTok and my goals have changed for it. And you might, you guys might look at me or maybe a new listener and you, you might look at me and go, oh my God, she's in a studio. Like I'm never going to be able to get to that point or she's with an agency. Like 
just the, like, how am I going to fucking get there? You guys might look at that, but you don't see the fact that like, I literally started from the bottom. I still like, would like to keep growing, but I started this over two years ago and you didn't see the times where like maybe I didn't post for a month maybe I didn't post for three months you know back when I was only getting like a hundred downloads on an episode you got like don't focus on the destination just focus on the progress because I could have given up or just stopped altogether after I stopped posting for a few months but again I focused on my progress and not my destination and here I am. And I just like, sometimes I can get really overwhelmed because I feel like an imposter and I just have the whole mindset of like, there's so many other better podcasts out here than me. And it's like, well, yes, but stop focusing on your destination. 32, if you experience jaw clenching, get Botox. Now, this has kind of gone against my beliefs not beliefs but I don't even know how I would put this but I did have lip filler like half lip filler like three years ago and something that I've made obviously like learning about just this whole holistic path thing is there was just something about having a needle in your face and something being a foreign ingredients or whatever it is like injected into your face that we don't know what's actually doing to us and I, a thing that I see doctors and holistic people say all the time is this, the people getting boob jobs and the people getting a gastric sleeve, the people getting this and that, things put into their body, things taken out of their body are going to be the same people wanting to reverse that in years down the line because we don't actually know what that's doing to us. Like I wanted a boob job for so long and if you have a boob job, fucking go off this. I'm so jealous but – the thing and like this again this isn't to scare anyone it's just to be like aware that there's so many girls getting their boobs taken out because they're just they're sick all the time and they've just like they've got autoimmune issues and they're it's like your your body is literally trying to object reject the thing that you've put in it because it's not I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here, but I, I just think it's Eastern like, and I always have thought that with Botox, right? Just trying to be conscious of it or at least try and put, hold it off for as long as I can, if it's something that I want. And then I, then I recently saw a video, my friend sent it to me and it's like this mum with heaps of Botox in her face. And a psychologist was saying it's like parents don't realize the damage that this is doing to their children. If you've got a face full of Botox and you can't express facial expressions properly and your baby is just looking at a face that doesn't have any facial cues of course that is impacting the development of your child (laughs) that was also something that I was conscious of but anyway back to what I was saying if you experienced your cleansing but get Botox for the past I'd say year and a half two years now I have gradually been experiencing more and more pain with my jaw when I wake up because like I must and like my teeth and like I'm grinding my teeth and like just so much pain. I obviously went to the dentist and they quoted me it was going to be so expensive to get all the stuff done that I needed to do. And they said that like, I've grinded my teeth down so much. This is from stress too, by the way, but like you also can't control it. 
because I was doing it at night, I wasn't aware of it. Like you, they said to get like retainers or something, but then I need, I don't know. Anyway, someone suggested that they, they said to me that they got Botox in their face to help with it. And it literally took away their pain and their, their teeth grinding and their jaw clenching completely. And then I started doing my own research about it and I ended up going and getting it. Like I got the, I can't pronounce it, but I got Botox in my jaw to help me stop grinding my teeth and clenching my jaw. And I now do not have any pain. I've not noticed a difference in my face. I think that was the benefit that, well, yeah, it's going to help my teeth. Like I also could get like a more defined like cheekbone, which is a plus, but I haven't noticed a difference um, in my face appearance wise yet I think I got it done like three weeks ago but I think three days after I got the Botox my pain's gone like and I always would like noticed that I'd be like clenching my jaw even throughout the day I'm not even noticing that anymore and like I'm not in pain so if anyone is experiencing that and wants to look into Botox for that reason or for whatever reason like you guys can do whatever the fuck you want get Botox in your jaw I feel like I've already kind of talked about this but I've written down here, 33, if you have a limiting belief about yourself, the best chance you have of changing that belief isn't by reading self-help books or inspirational quotes or watching motivational videos. It's actually by stepping out of your comfort zone and into a situation where that limiting belief will be confronted head on with a new first party evidence. That was taken from Stephen Barlow. That was one of his advice, but it's, it is hands down a lesson that I have learned through my own self-development through working with my coach that I have a lot of limiting beliefs about speaking to people. And like, I had a lot of limiting beliefs about like having guests on my podcast, but I'm working through that and making that belief weak by having guests on my podcast and proving myself wrong and proving that I can actually do it. I may not be perfect at it. I know I've got a long way to go, but I'm still challenging that belief by stepping out of my comfort zone and creating new experiences to create new beliefs. Okay, number 34. Using a sauna a few times a week has drastically changed my life and it has improved my skin, my sleep quality and my recovery after working out, like doing a strength training or going for runs. If you have a sauna or access to a sauna, use it even if it's just once a week. And we also know that our skin is our detox pathway. So when you sweat, you're also detoxing yourself from all the chemicals and all the shit in your body that you have put into it. It's just, I love it. Especially if you're someone who struggles to sleep, having a sauna at nighttime, it's just, it's gonna, it will change your life, I promise. 35. Okay, so I've just written here, talk about the story with my pop. So I went to my pop the other weekend, my grandpa. I call him Poppy. Jono, also a shout out Jono. And he is definitely someone who I look up to. Like he set, him, he set himself up. He came from a very poor background. Both my grandparents did. And now he is someone who lives very comfortably. He has been able to give his grandchildren and his kids all these amazing experiences and opportunities, but it's because he fucking worked hard and he did come. Like, it's not like he 
he literally was poor and broke when he was younger. And when um, my grandparents first had like their kids and my dad and I do look up to him for all that. And I think he has a lot of advice in terms of money and how to set yourself up and, and with property and things like that. So I went to him and I just wanted advice because I said to him, you know, I, I do want to set myself up in terms of like, I do want to be financially stable and, and look into investments and stuff. And I think that like, I want to start young if I can. And he kind of just turned around and said to me, one, you go and travel before you worry about that. You, you don't worry about investing only because he knows that I wouldn't be able to do both. Like I can't live out of home at the moment, save to travel and save to, you know, start getting into the property market or whatever. So he just said, before you worry about that, you need to go and travel first. But one of the things he did say, because I was asking him about his story and how he got to being broke to comfortable and being financially secure and free. And he pretty much just said to me, there was just a massive difference in how he chose to spend his money when he was younger compared to a lot of the people around him. So he said that him and my my nanny, Nanny Cheryl, just made conscious choices when they were younger about how much money they would spend on food. And like he said that we were that family where our kids didn't get new clothes. They got secondhand clothes and hand-me-downs you know we didn't live in a flash house like it was very poor it was like half renovated he said you wouldn't even be allowed to live in the house that we were we lived in today like they just didn't come from anything and he said he worked you know would get up and milk cows for a few hours and then he'd work his big job all day and then he'd go and milk cows at night to be able to provide for his family and from there he was obviously smart about his money and he then obviously started investing and getting into property and um and he pretty much just said to me like I can't remember how he worded it but it just kind of stuck with me he said the difference between because he also said to me you know like how much he said I know you love living in Melbourne but also if you came home for a few years and you saved like if you came home for a few years, because it's obviously a lot cheaper back in my hometown compared to, to Melbourne in, in terms of literally just everything like rent, food, activities, it, literally just everything. Like they don't even have an Uber Eats down there. And he, he just said, you know, like after you travel, maybe you come home for a few years, save money, set yourself up, go move back to Melbourne. And it is something that like I've been considering just because he has a point, but he pretty much just said, you know, if we sat down and looked at, looked at your budget, there's so many things that you would be pointlessly spending money on that you don't need to. Like he said, you know, like how much was your dog? How much does your dog cost you? And I just said to him, that is so true, but I would – if if I could buy Winston all over again, I would. Like I, he has been the best thing that's happened to me, that dog. Like I literally love him with my whole heart. But he's right. There are things that I could definitely cut back down on like Uber Eats and shopping and this and that. And like I'd literally save half my rent if I moved back to Warrigal, back to my hometown compared to what I'm spending on now. And the thing that stuck with me that he said is he said the difference between me being smart about my money in my 20s and my friends who weren't is that 
well, not necessarily his friends, but the people around him at the time in his 20s is he's financially free now and his friends who weren't are on the doll. They're on Centrelink. And that just stuck with me because there are a lot of things that I pointlessly spend my money on that I don't necessarily need to. And the last one, 36, how you react to people when they can find and you defines whether or not they feel safe with you to come forward about things in the future or things that yeah they're navigating through in the future. Someone's last interaction with you determines how safe they feel with you. Don't be that friend who constantly reacts to things, who makes people feel worse about themselves, who has no empathy, who going back to the advice that I gave earlier, we all need to set a boundary with our family, with our friends, with people that we work with in terms of giving advice. Like I know I can be both. I know I can be a great listener. And then sometimes I know that I can say things that people just don't want to hear. Sometimes they just want their friend to be comforted with. And I know in the past, I've definitely been one to blow up about things and react. We know that I've done a lot of growth and that I don't do that anymore most of the time. But in those times, I would have made my friends feel unsafe. I would have made them feel like, ugh, I'm not going to Lily with that advice again or I'm not going to Lily when I feel like this again or I'm going through that again because she's just made me feel worse. Just remember how you react to people when they can find a new defines how safe they feel to come with you to think with things in the future. That is the end of today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I will definitely do a um part three like maybe I should just do this every year um and then I'll do a listener's one share what you guys have learned because there's just so many things that I feel like everyone will resonate with and you will take away and go aha I hope you guys have the most beautiful rest of the week wherever you are whatever you're, whatever you're doing and remember this I actually want to get this tattooed on me now this saying nothing changes if nothing changes like I think, can we all get that tattooed on us, please? (laughs) Ah, But yeah, remember, nothing changes if nothing changes.